0: Hello and welcome to episode 55 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. The focus this week is on the Shot New Zealand Masters which took place last weekend in Wellington. The event was a silver-ranked event which means it's the highest graded event to have taken place so far in 2021 and the titles in the end went to Warren Parry and talented youngster Nicole Regno. Warren was actually on the podcast a couple of months ago and he spoke to me about wanting to get one more trip to Europe to play darts before he calls it a day in the next couple of years and COVID allowing, he'll get the opportunity to do that now having won the title. He won it 6-5 in the end and he did it in pretty impressive style as well taking out one three four in the final leg by going treble 18, tops, tops which, if you're going to win a title going that way, I think you're going to savour that moment for quite a while. The man he beat in the final was fellow New Zealand international Mark Cleaver, and because the event's a silver-graded event, Cleaver will also have a spot in the World Masters, assuming he's able to travel. The ladies' title, as I mentioned, went to, to Regno, who, 19-year-old, she's been immensely, you know, she's shown a lot of promise for a long time now in the youth events. Finally got her big breakthrough beating Wendy Harper 5-4. Just like the men, both ladies now have a spot in the World Masters, and I managed to catch up with Wendy earlier this week. I am now delighted to be joined by New Zealand's Wendy Harper. How are you, Wendy? I'm well, thank
1: you, Andrew. Thank you for having me on.
0: It's a pleasure, and you enjoyed a strong weekend just gone at the the shot New Zealand Masters, reaching the singles final in the ladies' competition, and that's assured you of a spot at the World Masters later this year so you must be pretty chuffed with that
1: I am I am it was a pretty tough weekend though Not to say a young girl Nicole Renaud, in the final she's our top youth lady player really amazing girl she's got a got a big world in front of her if she can get out but um, yeah no very great weekend winning the pairs was a great bonus and as for the World Masters, I didn't actually realise I've qualified for it now. Thank you for letting me know.
0: Well, yeah, because I think the tournament you were in was a silver-ranked tournament, so I think the finalists get in. So even though you, you did lose out 5-4, you still, in theory, have a spot, assuming you guys are allowed to travel over.
1: Oh, good one. Yeah, that's, that's a big unknown at the moment, isn't it?
0: I mean, you mentioned Nicole there. I know she has been on the, the come-up for a few years now, and that was her sort of first big win, so... Although, you know, she beat you, it must have been nice for you to actually be there for her to get that big breakthrough win.
1: Oh, definitely. She's been knocking on the door for a while now. Yeah. She's represented New Zealand in, in overseas tournaments and things as well, and, and she's got a great character. Um, she's a, an amazing little player. She's actually had dartitis in, in the past, and she's got over that and come back really strong.
0: And I know because you guys have handled the, the pandemic pretty well in comparison to, to other countries that New Zealand have been back playing events for a while now, some non-ranked, some ranked. And when you actually got back to playing after, you know, however many months away, what was it that you missed most about the competitions?
1: Um, to be honest, the, the people. I don't know what it's like in the rest of the world, but our darting fraternity here is sort of like a big family. We go to all these tournaments and, and meet the same people, new ones as well. And not having that personal contact with people was probably one of the hardest things about being locked in. Uh, as you say, we were quite fortunate down here. We only had a, a, a short period of being locked into our houses. Um, it felt like an eternity, but compared to what like you guys are going through in England, it's pretty minor. So... Yeah, the the hardest thing was not actually meeting up with people like we normally do on a regular basis.
0: When you were at home, I know online darts was sort of a big thing and I know you did play some online darts for for New Zealand in the Virtual Cup. So did you find that having the online stuff there and continual action, did you find that helped you or was it something you struggled to get to grips with?
1: To be honest, Andrew, I've been playing online darts for about 10 years now. Mm. It was nothing new to me. Um, I've been advocating to people around the country for years how good it is to be able to play online. It's a great practice tool, as long as you only use it as a practice tool. But yeah, I've met players from all around the world online, and uh, the technology is just amazing. The Virtual World Cup, it was an honor to represent New Zealand in that. Um, it was different, and if they did do it again, I would imagine there would be a few changes. I did hear a few people were a bit upset about the possibility of
0: manipulating
1: a few games. I don't know if you know how it all worked online, but you had group play and you had to be in the top four to go through to the knockout round. And a few countries, because you had to play your own country people, and a few countries had wins that wouldn't normally have had wins against their own players, so. Yeah, it was good, but there was a little bit of, you know, cheating problems.
0: How did you actually get into to online stuff sort of 10 odd years ago then? Was that originally just with other people in New Zealand?
1: Originally started from a couple of guys in England. Um, they run a website, now it's called webcamdarts.com, and they have the software and and the ability to play people all around the world through um, a lobby. You can meet up with whoever you want and and it keeps all your stats. Um, Like uh, It just tells you how many games you've played since you first started. And you get match practice all the time because you're playing against somebody that is not a computer, that if you lose, you have to learn how to lose nicely. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's, it's just been a great practice tool for me, and it has helped my darts immensely over the last 10 years.
0: Mm. But
1: some, some people have tried it, they just don't like it, they don't get it. Mm. But, you know, everyone to their point.
0: Yeah, but obviously when everything's shut down, you were probably one of the best prepared, because you'd already got the equipment and the setup for, for doing stuff.
1: Like yeah. That. yeah, for sure. I had to help a lot of people out how to get get working because all of a sudden everybody in the country was wanting to play online. One of the Aussie ladies, she's an ex-Kiwi, she decided to set up a ladies league and run some tournaments just for ladies, which was absolutely amazing. So she had 32, 32 ladies in each league and we played around Robin. And then we had finals. I managed to win pretty much all of them. <laughs> um, um, not not blowing my own trumpet, but yeah, I, I managed to do it. But a lot of that was because I was used to playing online as well. So, mm. yeah, um, Desired Shots and Lavinia Hogg, they, they did a fabulous job keeping the ladies happy over lockdown.
0: Since you've actually been back playing in person this year, how would you assess your form?
1: It's not too, too bad so far. <laughs> We've had, um, we started playing in February, our first real. Uh, New Zealand ranking tournament. It was meant to be a WDF rank one as well, but obviously with the rest of the world in lockdown, um, all the WGF points didn't start till March. So I played in the Canterbury Classic down in Christchurch, and I got lucky and I won that. And then I played in the North Island Masters, and I managed to win that as well. I played in the next one in Christchurch and got third equal. And then I just played the one in Wellington and got runner-up. So, form's pretty good.
0: <laughs> and in terms of, I know you've been playing a long time, and in terms of lady starts in New Zealand, where are the fields now in terms of numbers compared to where you started?
1: They have dropped off, I've got to admit. And to be honest, I don't know how what to get the ladies back playing darts. Everyone says it's the prize money. The parity is is quite distinctive between men's and ladies' prize money. But on the other hand, the entries going into the tournament is quite different as well. So like last weekend, there was 70-something of men in the singles and only 35 ladies. So the prize money reflected that. Um, The ladies' money was half of what the men's was. But I think, really, New Zealand are going to have to start looking at a grading system. We have got an echelon of players that are classed as probably A-grade players. And there's nothing for the lower-ranked players to play for. They come along to these tournaments, but in reality, you know, your top 10 players are going to take out your tournament. Um, We don't have a grading system at all here, so, like, no... A token at club level It's got to come from the top To start this sort of thing Australia have a grading system But it's going to have to be started at club level But yeah, unfortunately that um, That's probably not going to happen Because there's a lot involved in, in keeping stats And Kiwis just want to go and play
0: <laughs> I know when I spoke to, to Bob Wilson the, the chairman of the New Zealand Darts Council A little while ago He said that Getting more ladies playing was something that he was focused on, but obviously that's going to be you know, a challenge moving forward from what you're saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, even at Club level, we're struggling to get lady players into the clubs to start with. I shouldn't say it's not a predominantly male sport, but we tend to have more male players in the country than we do female, um, and I don't know how to encourage females into the game. It's just one of those things I suppose, but yeah, um, maybe if we can get more sponsorship directly for ladies and maybe have a bit more of the grading system, might encourage more ladies to play.
0: Throwing it back originally for you, when did you actually first get into playing darts?
1: Um, in the early 90s was when I first started playing. Um, I was not the dart player in the household, it was my husband. So um, he'd been playing for about three years before um, I ended up venturing onto the scene as the sober driver, basically. (laughs) Um, Played for a few years and, yeah, slowly got better and better.
0: So had you played any other sort of sports before that point, or was it just dance for you?
1: No, no. In my early days, I played a lot of badminton, and then I progressed into playing a heck of a lot of squash, and then squash killed my knees, so I had to give that up. And at the same time, Rex was needing players for his team, so I couldn't play squash anymore, so he broke me into being this spare body. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, when was it then that you actually sort of started playing in an events and competing and thinking, you know what, I'm actually quite good at this darts game?
1: Um, it, it took a long time of. Um, Oh, what how can I put it? I'd have I'd play for a few years and do sort of average and then I'd have a few years off and I'd come back again to the to the sport and each time I'd come back I'd sort of get a little bit better. And it really wasn't until the last ten years I suppose that I've I've had to realise that I am actually pretty reasonable on the dartboard. But yeah, it's taken a long time and, and I haven't put a hundred percent in probably until the last seven or eight years it's been being a dairy farmer sort of pretty much kills you for playing a lot of tournaments so until we retired um in 2012 i hadn't really put 100 percent in so now i'm tired, or just tired (laughs) um i can put a lot i do put a lot more into the game and it's close that i'm getting it back out again
0: so do you miss the farming at all
1: Uh, Not now. It took about five years for it to get out of my system. Um, Dairy farming for 35 years, it's all we knew, but uh, yeah, no, I don't miss it now. Um, I've had two knee replacements and an ankle replacement all due to being a superwoman dairy farmer. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm quite enjoying being a a lady of leisure. Hmm. Not waking up to an alarm clock every morning at 4.30.
0: The thought of that horrifies me, so...
1: <laughs> it's hard life, it's a hard life.
0: This might, this might be a silly question, but when you had the, the knee replacements, did that affect your throw at all? Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> In recovery, my throw improved, believe it or not. And the mere fact, I don't know if you watched Dimitri when he yeah. had his knee brace on, his body was totally still, and apparently that's what I was like when I was on crutches after my knee replacements. And I threw from my shoulder and my arm, the rest of my body was still. But now my knees are fine, apparently I lurch a lot now. (laughs) But yeah, there is something in in your stance and um, having the mechanics doing the right thing.
0: Hmm. When was it that you actually won your first sort of senior ranking title then?
1: Probably the first really big one I won was in 2012, um, we travelled over to Australia a big, big team of us went over there for a um, five-day tournament and I made the final in one of them, um, first time I've ever been up on the big big stage like we're talking all the lights, the big TVs, Russ Gray is the caller, Phil Taylor and Simon locked in the house, and I played Mayumi Uchi in the final of one of the tournaments, and I was like a little scared rabbit, I didn't know where to stand, what to do. But I ended up getting absolutely annihilated, 6 no, I think it was. And then the next day I made the final again, and I managed to take the win out, and that was just such an amazing feeling. I was so proud of myself. And what made it even even harder to, to explain, um, at the prize giving, Phil Taylor and Simon Whitlock were up on stage, and I didn't even stop and shake their hands. I just went straight up to the concert to get my trophy. <laughs> and as I was standing up there, all the all the Wainui boys from back home here that were on the tour broke out in the haka. The whole, like, there was hundreds of people there, and it was just electrifying. And I was just so proud to be a little kiwi girl over there. So, yeah, that, that was probably my most most enjoyable and memorable win that I've had.
0: Yeah, I mean, that sounds amazing. And I know your Facebook profile picture is a picture with you with Phil Taylor. So was that from that event?
1: Yes, that's the one. I managed to get a one-on-one talk with him in the back room, being one of the, the actual winners of one of the tournaments. It was one of the privileges I managed to get. So I did actually meet Phil personally. He'll probably never remember it, but um, I'll remember it for the rest of my
0: life. So from then on, when was it that you actually got your first call up to, to play for the New Zealand national team?
1: Um, I played last year for the, oh, 2019 for the New Zealand dark council team. Um, over here we have, we actually have three fractions of darts, which is one reason we struggle for numbers. We have our um, Darts Council, which is aligned with WGF. We have um, DPNZ Darts, which is aligned with see And we also have another one called Clubs New Zealand Darts, which is a New Zealand workingman's club's organisation, and they run local, national, and island tournaments. So I have represented both the um, DPNZ and the clubs New Zealand in teams over in Australia but my my first year being selected to play in um, New Zealand Dark Council was 2019 in the World Cup in Romania.
0: Coming over for, for that World Championship in Romania what was that experience actually like for you?
1: The first time to put on that shirt was just such an amazing feeling, all all my hairies on my arms stood up when I put it on, even though I have represented New Zealand in other codes, that was one code that I had not managed to get to that top level for some reason, Um, but yeah, I put a lot of effort in, I won a lot of the ranking tournaments during the previous year and it was my goal. Um, to try and make that team, and, and when I did get named for it, uh, I had tears rolling down my face. Uh, I was a bit of a blithering idiot, but yeah, it was just such an honour. Um, and, and overall, uh, we had a really good team, and I don't know if you remember hmm. of Darren Hero when he actually won the men's medals over there. So New Zealand overall did extremely well in 2019 as a team. We, we, were, we were a really great team over here.
0: And that's, I'm imagining, giving you a taste of playing for the national team that you don't want to let go of anytime soon.
1: No, no. Well, that was my next goal that I had in my bucket list was to make the team to go to Denmark. But obviously, Denmark's been put on the back burner due to this ridiculous COVID pandemic. But yeah, I would have loved to have gone to Denmark for the team, but who knows what's going to happen. Everything's one day at a time. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard, Wellington, um, where we played last weekend, has just gone up into level two, so um, we had some visitors come across from Australia for a weekend and did the normal visitor routine and did the local museum and the wetter workshop and bars and eateries and flew home with COVID, got tested back in Australia, and so Wellington's all gone into a bit of a lockdown.
0: Hmm. Your government, and I know Australia as well, have been very, very reactive to, you know, whenever a couple of cases have arisen, they've been very reactive, which is sort of quite different to how it's been over here. So has that sort of chopping and changing been an issue at all for you?
1: Oh, totally. You can't, you can't make plans. Um, and it's one thing I've found hard this year. I've, I've always had a goal for the last five years. Um, and I can't set any goals at this stage because there's nothing's guaranteed, you can't, like I've booked the flight back to Wellington next weekend, I don't know if I'm going to travel over or not, so yeah, it's it's impossible to make any plans because they just get turned upside down, so yeah, as far as the future for me goes, I can't really, I can't find out what I want to do because there's nothing that's guaranteed. Even making the the World Masters, um, you know, I'd love to have an opportunity to go back and play in England again. I thoroughly enjoyed it when I went over there last year. But you can't book a ticket because it costs a fortune until the very last minute.
0: Yeah. This is going to now sound a bit daft, but have you got any specific goals for yourself in darts in terms of just what you want to achieve? Not necessarily just this year, but sort of more broadly?
1: One of my goals is to be able to go over to the Northern Hemisphere and do six months on the European circuit. Whether that will ever happen or not, I don't know, but that is one goal that I would like to do. Um, The opportunity, the amount of um, tournaments that are available over in England and Europe uh, is just phenomenal. So to be able to go over there for a six-month stint and and do as many as I can would, would be
0: amazing and I mean as I said you have you have at least qualified for the world masters so <clears throat> fingers crossed you know at the end of the year you'll get to over you'll get the chance to come over to to us and maybe by then you might even have topped the you know New Zealand ladies rankings a spot in the world championship to look forward to
1: well this is true you, I've always said you have to have a goal every year I have set myself goals and pretty much achieved every year like One year it was to end up being ranked number one in New Zealand at the end of the year. So I went to as many ranking tournaments as I could and I reached that goal. Another one was to win an national title. Um, So yeah, I've always worked on having a goal for something to work towards. But yeah, as you say, at this stage in in the year, we're just taking each tournament day by day. Um, It's pretty hard to set a goal when you know that the
0: goalpost keeps moving on you yeah i can imagine well thank you so much for your time today wendy i really do appreciate it it's been lovely speaking to you and you know hopefully you do get over to the world masters later this year because i'm looking to be there so we can have another chat then
1: oh that will be amazing and thanks so much for your time wendy. i really appreciate it
0: Thank you very much to Wendy for her time. I really enjoyed talking to her and thank you guys for listening as always. Next episode will be out next week and that will be with the two winners of the other event that took place last weekend which was the Cherry Bomb International in Fort Lauderdale, Florida and they were Danny Warmack and the Dutch Dragon, Jules van Dongen. In the meantime, check out more of recent episodes of the podcast, including my chats with Richard Ashdown and the Gibraltar Open winners Gavin Smith and Laura Turner, wherever you get your podcasts. I've also been doing a fair bit of written work recently, which you can find on Darts Planet TV, Women's World Darts, or on the WDF website itself, which was a pretty cool thing. But uh, I'll see you guys next week, and stay safe in the meantime.